continuous double shot, double shots of classic rock. Two for Tuesday. It's one of the great songs that people know, but don't know the artist. No doubt. Uh, Low Rider and the band War, which fits today's Double Shot Tuesday theme. Three letters in the band's uh, name. 50857 on the text line. Yeah. Uh, So there you go. Great song. No one knows who it is. So tonight at 7 o'clock is the College Football Playoff Ranking Show. And based on what we had this past weekend, one would assume you'll find Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State. Uh, since Ohio State lost, I guess you kind of wonder where Ohio State's going to fall. Um, as some Buckeye fans try to justify, hey, if you look at the one-loss teams, who'd be the best of the one-loss teams and who's got the best loss? But... Uh, Again, the only ranking that matters is the one that will be coming up on Sunday. But next year we get a 12-team college football playoff. Still to be determined, but expected is the format will take the five highest-ranked conference champions and seven at-large teams. The model now is still 6-6 and until they change that with the demise of the Pac-12 and there appears to be work going on behind the scenes, despite what was Mike Oresco at the American adamant that they want 6-6 six and six for the two years of the existing contract. And then I think Mike hearing that Greg Sankey and the others of the Power Four League saying, if you keep with that, we'll take you out and have no G5 teams in the next contract. Um, so I think they'll settle on 5-7. and seven. But if you apply next year's model to this year, it's interesting on, on several fronts. First, let me give you the, the, the ranking scenarios. And we'll use the 6-6 six and six model because the Pac-12 still does exist and there's going to be a G5 team, okay? If the favorites win, if the favorites win in conference championship games, this weekend. And by the way, Oregon's a favorite uh, over uh, Washington. But if Georgia wins, if Michigan wins, if Florida State wins, um, if Oregon wins and Texas wins, if Tulane beats SMU, which I'm not quite sure they will, that game's at home, but anyway, uh, whoever wins that game, no disrespect to Liberty, but the American winner, I think, is going to get that uh, a G5 slot. Liberty may say, well, wait a minute, hang on, we win, we deserve it, but I, I think where the Americans going to get it. Then the committee, one would think, it's okay, Georgia won, Michigan two, and then <laughs> it would get interesting. Now we're debating, although I'm not, about whether a 13-0 Florida State team's resume is worthy based on who the quarterback is. In a 12-team playoff, it's a moot point. Florida State would be in. But in this uh, scenario, I could see a committee next year because in a 12-team model, four teams, and by the way, it's the top four. It's not the conference champs. It's the top four teams get buys. Could you see a scenario where, let's say, Oregon beats Washington by two touchdowns 
And Florida State gets by Louisville. Couldn't you see a scenario where some would say, hey, Oregon was hot team at the end of the year, blowing everybody out, and the committee puts them above Florida State? And even if Texas rolls Oklahoma State, you could see going, hey, I think Texas is a better football team. You could see a scenario where you'd almost justify the 13-0 and team not being third, not being fourth, but being fifth, and the difference of that is not getting a bye. You'd have to go play a first-round game. Okay, sure, it's home, but you wouldn't get a bye. That's a scenario the committee would find themselves in if this season was next year. And based on everything you're just watching, and again, this is a guess on our part. For all we know right now, in Grapevine, Texas, where the college football playoff committee's meeting right now, and quickly, 10 o'clock hour, WYJM Orlando, WJRR, HD2, Cocoa Beach, Orlando Sports Leader, Mardinus, and Beta Sports. For all we know right now, the committee, it, it, it's not even a discussion. Florida State is a clear number three for them, um, and no ands, ifs, or buts. Or maybe there is some discussion like, hey, how are we looking at them? Are we looking at them with an injured quarterback? Or with a backup quarterback? I don't know. Boo Corrigan, I'm sure, will be asked that question tonight when the committee rank it. But I'm just saying, next year, you could see the committee going, well, I, I don't know. And could you imagine if you had a 13-0 and team being asked to play in a first-round game with two teams with one loss getting a bye? Then you'd have other scenarios. If you... Follow what I said about favorites winning. Well, an eleven and two Alabama is going to get in. No question, they would still uh, uh, get in. Washington losing one game, they would certainly get in. Ohio State losing one game, they would certainly uh, get in. And then you'd have teams that don't play. Which in the fourteen playoff, the scenarios come up a few times. In a twelve team playoff, now you'll have multiple teams that will benefit by not playing. A 13th game. You take, and I'm just going by last week's playoff committee rankings, Missouri, Penn State, Old Miss. Oklahoma's behind them. Let's say the committee doesn't change their view of those teams. Again, apply next year to this year. The committee would be choosing among Miss, uh, Missouri, Penn State, Old Miss, and Oklahoma, three of the four. Someone's got to be left out. Then you get into better wins, better losses. Oklahoma beat Texas, and they had back-to-back losses. Um... And that's part of what the committee's got to decide. But you're going to get more teams that benefit by not playing in a conference championship game. If you had two losses and playing in that 13th game, that third loss would eliminate you. For some teams, it's best they don't play that 13th game. That's also part of what a 12-team model is going to deal with uh, beginning next year. But here's something else that is going to happen that in time we'll just accept. And we will adapt. But it may be uncomfortable the first few times it happens. Beginning next year, there is no Power Four league that has divisions. The SEC's got it right now. Uh, The Big Ten's got it right now. But next year, the ACC... The Big Ten, the Big 12, 
and the SEC, no divisions. Leagues now that are shifting to 15, 16, and 18 team leagues. No divisions. We're taking the top two teams, and they're going to play in a conference championship game. Well, we just had a weekend where the number two and number three teams played. Ohio State and Michigan played, and all the storylines around it. And that game, in the last few years, has delivered the hype of those teams performing and then having the game be basically an elimination game. But imagine this scenario. If the same thing this year happens next year, if Ohio State and Michigan run the table in what now will be an 18-team Big Ten and play their final game of the season, well, what happens if we get to that Thanksgiving weekend and the game in Columbus next year? What happens if one or both of these happen? Hey, same deal. They're undefeated. Winner... Goes undefeated in the regular season. And yet, they're both playing the following week in the Big Ten championship game. Do we get the same hype that we just got? I mean, yeah, we, you know, it'd be big to 11 row teams, but let's say they've already clinched a spot in the Big Ten title game the following week. The third place team. Either A, they're two games back, or B, they lost to both uh, Ohio State and Michigan. It doesn't have the same buzz. It doesn't have the same impact. Oh, they're going to play in Columbus. Yeah, but we already know they're playing in the Big Ten Championship the following week. You may say, great, I get uh, four more quarters of that. It's not the same. Yeah, but in the NFL, you know, you've had to, yeah, it's the National Football League. You've had sometimes uh, a matchup, last game of the season, and those two teams end up in the playoffs playing next week. But you know what? That's been in place for years. You know that scenario can happen. In college football, it won't be as exciting. And then imagine this. Imagine if you had the same scenario, both those teams, having the year they had. The loser of the regular season game loses again in the conference championship game and falls out of the top 12 or is not in the uh, uh, top seven of at-large teams. That Again, you'd go undefeated for 11 games, you lose, then you lose again, and by playing the extra game, you've lost out on a playoff spot. So that's going to happen in a 12-team uh, era. And we'll adjust to that. You find yourself, for example, like this year. Let's say you have a year where Michigan playing Iowa is is a matchup again. And Iowa's had the year they've had. They're they're ten and two. Let's say they ended up as the second place team in whatever tiebreaker was applied, and they play Michigan. And Michigan's undefeated, going twelve and zero. Again. Michigan wouldn't need a 13th game in the sense that, hey, at 12-0, they're solid as a top team and a team that would get a bye. Then you play a conference championship game, and if you lose, you've lost the bye. What if you had a team that went 11-1 and and didn't play in a conference championship game? What? You then allow them to go ahead of Michigan? 
who just played a 13th game, and because they lost that 13th game, would lose a chance at a bye to someone that didn't play a 13th game. That's also part of our future. And here's the other thing that we're going to face that just happened this weekend. It just happened this weekend and got very little attention. Very, very little attention. But it just happened this weekend in college football that we have not yet had in a major conference. But it may. If you were to go look up right now, uh, wherever you go to get your sports information to try to find details, go see if you can do a search of SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12 tiebreakers in 2024. Good luck. Because you won't find it. Um, it's going to get chaotic. Not every conference, not every year. But this past week in the Mountain West Conference, use their tiebreaker to determine who plays the championship game. Because the tiebreaker breakdown, which goes head-to-head for two teams, for three teams, did they play each other? What was the record in head-to-head? They didn't play each other. Go to the next uh, about record versus higher-seeded teams. All the way down, it wasn't broken. So one of the one of the items in the Mountain West Conference tiebreaker is computers. The four computers that were part of the BCS years ago, Anderson and Hester, Collie Matrix, Massey, and Wolf. They took the average computer rating of the teams that were tied to break the tie. And UNLV, Boise State, San Jose, uh, San Jose State were all 6-2. and two. And each ranking accounted for one-fourth of the tiebreaker score. And the two teams with the best average ranking were deemed conference finalists. And the computers said UNLV will host Boise State. And San Jose State was the odd team out. By the way, the average computer ranking, and this was of all the teams in college football, but UNLV 44.5, Boise State 55.75, San Jose State 58.5. San Jose State is not in the conference title game because of less than three points in the average computer ranking. doesn't change your life because most people this side of the country don't have a passion for Mountain West Conference football. But you wait until one of those major conferences ends up with a wild, insane tiebreak scenario with 16 and 18 teams and not everybody playing everybody, and you end up with, say, five teams that have one conference loss or one team that went undefeated and five or six teams that are sitting behind them and... Not everybody played everybody, and you start working your way down tiebreakers. And, by the way, the Big 12 just went through this. The Big 12 tiebreakers went all the way down, and then it got really vague. You mean, like, well, how is it vague? Because they kind of forgot some scenarios. And in the end... The individual that oversees the football operations for the Big 12 with the AD said, look, uh, we got some tie scenarios. Here's what makes the most sense. Oklahoma State, 
with the three teams, they beat the two teams. Yeah, but everybody didn't play everybody. But they beat the two teams that they would be tied with, and in some ways, common sense won out, and that's what put them in the scenario that they had this past weekend where, hey, if they beat BYU, they ran, and that wasn't easy. That's how they broke it. But you're going to get chaos in some of these leagues now with 16 and 18 teams because you don't play everybody. And without divisions where there was a clear definition of, of tiebreaker, that's the future when it comes to 12-team playoff, possible decisions about uh, tiebreakers, rematches. Again, you put Ohio State-Michigan playing the same game the following week, it loses its luster. It just does. And that's just going to be part of our future in college football. He covered the Magic for years and then went to cover another struggling team. They're still struggling. The Magic are playing much better. Josh Robbins of uh, The Athletic, who wrote a really good piece on the Magic's turnaround as the Wizards are coming to play the Magic in back-to-back games. Josh is going to join us next. Today's theme on Double Shot Tuesday, these are bands with three letters in their name. This duo, A-Ha, uh, it's A-Capital-H-A. The dash ca- does not count. No, I accept. It's fine. 50857 on the text line on Double Shot Tuesday. Josh Robbins next. Shots of classic rock. Two for Tuesday.